This is Transforming Truth with the life-changing Word of God that heals, delivers, fills you with the Holy Spirit, all for your supernatural walk in Christ. Stay tuned for Transforming Truth with Chris Palmer. And good morning. You're listening to the Transforming Truth radio broadcast here in Detroit, Michigan with your host, Reverend Chris Palmer. Thank you for tuning in tonight. 12.15, I'd say top of the hour. It's top of the hour for us. And you're tuned in. Don't touch that dial. I want you to stay tuned in to hear the word of the Lord for your life. It is Saturday night. Maybe you're winding down your night. Maybe you're beginning your night. And uh, But God has a word that he wants to speak to you to touch your heart. Open your heart to receive what the Lord would have you to receive tonight. A new anointing, a fresh outpouring of his spirit, a fresh touch. Friend, God has a impartation of his Holy Spirit that he wants you to receive. Do you have all the spirit? You are full of the spirit, but he wants you to feel you fresh tonight. We're live, 313-838-1035. You have one hour to call in if you're looking for prayer, if you're looking for someone to touch and agree. Let me remind you what Jesus said in Matthew chapter 18, that if two of you shall agree on earth as touching anything that they shall ask, it shall be done of the Father which is in heaven. Psalm 115 says, The Lord hath been mindful of us. He will bless us. He'll bless the house of Israel. He'll bless the children of Aaron. The Lord shall increase them both small and great. So God is mindful of you tonight, friend. He's thinking about you and he wants to bless you. He's not out there cursing people and causing pain, causing sorrow and misery. Most of the misery that people have in their life today is caused by themselves or caused by the devil. But God's the one behind it trying to work it out for your good. So if you need someone to agree with you tonight, 313-838-1035. Uh, we want you to call again, 313-838-1035. We have God's word for you. Before we get started tonight, just want to run down a few announcements for you. If you weren't at our service last night, you missed it. A powerful touch of God. And But that's okay because we have three more services. And so they're Friday night. Again, we'll be doing it again this Friday night at 7.30 p.m. at the Hilton Garden Inn in Novi, Michigan. I don't want you to miss it. I want you to come. We had some of our listeners come. It was wonderful seeing you, and it was wonderful to meet you. So many times you call or you write, and I don't get to see you, but it was an honor to see you. So thank you for coming if you made it. If you didn't, you still have this Friday night at 7.30 p.m. Hilton Garden Inn in Novi, Michigan. We want you to be there and be blessed by the word of the Lord. We have some cool things we're doing this Friday night. And I don't want you to miss it. Also, my book, The Believer's Journey, God's Path of Transformation, is out and available on Amazon.com. Just go on and type Chris Palmer or type The Believer's Journey, and you will find it. And you can go through it and begin to study it. And I know, friend, it will bless your life tremendously. Also... I want to remind our audience that we have a podcast, so you can go to iTunes and type in On the Road with Chris Palmer, and you will find all of our broadcasts there sitting for you, and you can pick them up. They're free, and you can enjoy them anytime that you would like. Take them to work. Listen to the transforming truth on your way to work. People say, you're on so late at night, I'll never hear you. I say, well, do you have an iPhone? Yeah, of course I have an iPhone. I said, do you have apps on there you don't use? Yeah, I have apps. I don't ever use these apps. I said, well, delete them and download the transforming truth. And so let it be a blessing to your life. Are you ready for the Word of God tonight? Let me remind you we're live, 313-838-1035. We'll start taking calls. Ready? Now. So go ahead, call tonight, 313-838-1035. I want to talk to you tonight. Many of you read my Facebook post. Tonight I want to talk to you about the area of depression in your mind. And I'm going to tie it in as we continue to talk about the cross of Jesus Christ. And you as a believer, let me say this, let me start off by saying tonight, you as a believer, a child of God, the battle, the spiritual battle has been won for you. The finished work of the cross. I'll pick up where I started last week. The work of the cross is a finished work. It's not a work that is continuing. It's not a work that is uh, still going on. It is finished. Jesus has done what he's going to do for you. He manifested himself in the flesh. He went to the cross. He died a bloody, excruciating death. 
rose again from the dead, was seen of witnesses. He ascended into heaven. Now he sits at the right hand of the Father. We await his coming. But in this period, you as a believer, you have authority, you have power. So why are you still depressed? Why are you still in defeat? Why do you feel miserable most of your time when Jesus came that you might have life and have life more abundantly? So I want to say this. Every believer in Christ, if you take notes, I want you to write this down. And you say, wow, he's fired up tonight. I'm fired up. But we had a powerful night last night. And I'm still living off that overflow. And, you know, friend, would you end up... Well, I don't want to get ahead of myself. Say, okay, write this down. When you're a believer, the difference between you and the non-believer is a believer lives out of a revelation. You're living out of not a just a finished revelation. It was finished on the cross. But you're living out of a finished revelation that is consistently unraveling itself to you as a child of God. Every day, every second, more of that revelation of what Christ did for you is being revealed to you. And every time, a aspect or a part of that unfolds for you. It should bring into your life joy. It should bring into your life peace, and it should release to you power. You see people that are living in sadness, but they have no reason to be sad. They're living in depression. They have no reason to be depressed. They're living in purposelessness, but they have every reason to have purpose. And they're Christians. You say, why is this? This is why. They're not living out of an understanding of the finished work of Christ. And I want to show you tonight how to do that. It says in Psalm chapter 150, Praise the Lord, praise God in His sanctuary, praise Him in the firmament of His power, praise Him in His mighty acts, praise Him according to His excellent greatness, praise Him with the sound of the trumpet, with the psaltery and the harp, then it says in verse 4, praise him with the timbrel and the dance. Praise him with string instruments and organs. Praise him upon the loud cymbals. Praise him upon the high sounding cymbals. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. So, let me say it like this. Let everything that's living, let everything that's full of vivacity, let everything that is moving, give God his due honor and his due praise. You say, why is that? Because if God has set you free, there should be a praise on your lips and a praise on your mouth. But I'm talking about praise tonight. Because if you're taking notes, you can write this down. Anything that's living should respond to God with praise. Anything that's alive should attract God's presence with their worship. And with their praise because the Lord told me this one time. His dwelling place is your worship. When you, your worship is what God breathes in. And when God breathes in your worship, he exhales his glory. So he breathes in, he inhales your worship, he exhales his glory. And when God does that, when you start worshiping God, He is receiving from you your worship, and He responds back to you with the glory of God. And let me say this, you were never, as a child of God, meant to live outside of His glory. You say, well, I don't have His glory in my life, because you're not giving to Him worship, and God responds to that worship. Let's go to the phones real quick. We have Miriam from Detroit. Miriam, God bless you. You're on the broadcast. How are you tonight? Miriam, are you there? Yes. How are you? Um, I'm good. How are you? Doing wonderful. Thanks for calling. You're welcome. What can we do? Um, I was calling um, to receive prayer and regarding a new job I've been working on since um, June. And it's, I, well... Basically, a lot of opposition is coming my way, and um, because of the position um, that I am, I'm in, I receive favor, actually. Let me um, ask you this. I went for a particular job, got a different position, got favor for that position, 
and I did good at it. So they promoted me to another area of the company, and the vice president of the company wanted me to do this. Can but where you, I'm at... I mean, I want to ask you this, Miriam. Do you have a word from the Lord about what he wants you to do? No, not actually, because the job I'm doing, I was recruiting and getting people jobs here in Detroit and being a blessing. I, I, I okay. that, that was a blessing, but... All right, well, listen, I want to pray with you, but I want to encourage you that whatever position that you believe that you want to receive, I want you to go before the Lord and get a word from God about the the position that he has for you, because when you have a word from God, there's power, and a word from God is living, and a living word from the Lord will come to fruition. So that will take some seeking on your part, and we're going to agree that that word will come forth, so that you have but, it to stand on. But why am I, I? I mean, I understand there's warfare, but it's just so much, and it, it, it doesn't make sense to me there, because I'm doing what I'm supposed to do. I'm cleaning up and doing what they have asked me to do, and people are not lining up. Right, that people, people, a lot of times are number one fleshly. A lot of times they're carnal. There's that's just people, and that's why I'm telling you that. Your success is not in what other people can do for you. See, there's many times, Miriam, where you don't have favor. You don't find favor, but you have a word from God. And when you have a word from God, it doesn't matter if they favor you or not. It doesn't matter if you have opposition or not. What person has the power to stop the word of God from coming to pass? What person has been put in that seat of authority where they could deny to you what God's promised you? Nobody can do that. So right. the power in a believer comes when they take the time or they make the effort to seek God through worship, to seek God through ardent intercession, or it may require fasting on your part. It may require fasting for you to get before the Lord and say, I'm going to pray until this opposition leaves because if it's a devil or if it's some type of demon in a spiritual source that you can't see, you might have to fast a little bit. You might have to fast a lot and pray until you do what it takes for that thing to move out of your way. You know, okay. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yes. Okay. Let me pray for you. Father, I thank you for Miriam. You have a blueprint for her life that you not only have called her to hit, but the Lord says he's empowered you to hit that blueprint and to hit that mark, Miriam. And it doesn't matter what person comes your way. He's empowered you to do it. Father, I pray in the name of Jesus and declare your grace is sufficient for her life. Empower her. Charge her, Father. I pray the word of the Lord would come forth in her life. And I thank you for it, Father. I command all opposition to go to the side. And I pray, Father, in Jesus' name, she live holy before you. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Jesus now, Miriam, name. Amen. Thank you, you. you go receive that word, okay? Yes, I receive the word, and thank you so very much. Amen. Amen. We're talking tonight about the worship. We're talking about praise. We're also talking about how to overcome depression in your life. Now, listen. You as a child of God don't uh, should not have any reason to have depression in your life. You shouldn't have any reason to have Fear, concern, these issues that Christians get, it makes me upset when I see Christians, and I don't mean a bad day or a gloomy day or a day when it just seems, things just seem to get the best of you and you're down, or even a sad day, that happens, but I'm talking about a lifestyle of that, because the work of the cross has been finished. So, I find that when I talk to believers, and they tell me I'm living a life of depression, there's a couple things that I notice about their lifestyle right off the bat, and I want you to write these things down. Number one, they're not hooked up to a local body of believers. They don't go to church on Sunday mornings. They go maybe once every four or five weeks. They don't feel a need to be or belong to a local body or a local church. They like to float. They like to work instead. They like to go socialize instead. They stay out late on Saturday nights. And you say, why do I have to go to church? I don't need to go to church to be saved. It's true. It doesn't save you going to church. It doesn't put you into heaven. But what it does is it connects you. If you belong to a Holy Ghost-filled church, if you belong to a church where there's power, where the worship is from the heart, and where the pastor's preaching on the anointing of the Spirit, you will hook up to power at least once a week. And you get that charge, you get that shot, 
And when you leave, your thoughts are clear. How many of you have ever not gone to church on a Sunday and your day just didn't go right? Your week didn't go right. You say, why didn't it go right? Because you didn't start off on the foundation. Well, I don't need that. Well, you go without going to church for a long time and see what happens. And also, you're, the reason you're supposed to go to church is to add your supply, which is another thing that I'll get into on another another show. Another thing that in Christians' lives they face depression and fear and uncertainty is because they steal the tithe away from the Lord. They don't give or they're not givers. When you are not a giver in the things of God, and we could go through all the scriptures. Someone told me, well, Brother Palmer, don't you understand that tithing's under the Old Testament? I said, okay, if you want to talk about the New Testament, where it's about giving cheerfully out of a good heart. First of all, I'll say this. The New Testament idea where you don't want to talk about tithing. You say, I don't believe in the tithe. Well, first, the New Testament is going to take you, if you're going to, if you're going to give out of a cheerful heart in the New Testament, which is a much better law, and you're now free to give even freer because you're no longer a slave to sin, you're going to give over the 10% in the New Testament. And in the New Testament, Paul calls himself repeatedly a doulos in the Greek, which is a servant or somebody who is willfully committing themselves to God. That means that when you study what this was, it was somebody whose possessions were not their own. Their possessions completely and totally belonged unto the Lord. And so in the, uh, and in the New Testament, nothing that you have belongs to God. Zip. It all belongs to Him, including your finances. And people that don't give financially, there's a reason why a lot of them feel that they're cheating God... And it's going to cause in your life just unrest and uncertainty. Better give unto the kingdom of God. You better make sure that you're giving to your local church. You're supporting the work of the Lord. That'll cause anxiety in your life if you don't do it. It'll cause misery. Because if you're a Christian, you know that you're cheating God. You're not uh, advancing His kingdom. Another thing that causes depression in people's lives is when they're not in the Word of God. They're not reading the Bible on a regular, consistent basis, filling their minds with the Word of God. Now, I want to go a little deeper with this. Another reason why there might be depression and sadness and gloom. Gloom is like a cold front. It just comes in, it swoops down on you, and it circulates around you, and it does and refuses to leave, and just stays over your life. It's because there's no effort on your part to engage in worship or to engage the presence of God over your life. You say, well, what do you mean by that? Take time every day in the mornings, in the afternoons, at night, and wherever you're at, make that the habitation of God and welcome His presence to come in. What I do is that I understand a couple things. If you're a minister listening, it's important to see this. Number one, your preaching will always be consistent with your prayer life. Someone will say, how do I learn to preach? You learn to preach in your prayer closet. You don't have to learn in a preaching lab. Number two, there should always be fervent worship going on. So what I do is I get in my room and I just go to worship. I go to magnifying God. I go to praising Him. Because when the presence of God comes over my life, what happens to me is there's clarity of mind. Then when I go and I speak or I talk to people, there's always clarity of speech. And in that presence, there's wisdom, there's peace, there's joy, there's a sense of liberty, there's revealed knowledge as to what he's done for me, there's assurance in that, in that presence, and there is rest. You say, I can't sleep at night, I'm, I have insomnia, I can't sleep. Get in the presence of God. I try, but I can't get in the presence of God. Do it more than once. Well, I tried it twice. Do it three times. Do it four. Do it until you have a breakthrough in your life. 313-838-1035. 313-838-1035. we're talking about overcoming depression by the power of God. There is something every believer is looking for that many times they... 
go empty because they don't realize what it is they're looking for. They say, why am I not satisfied in my walk with the Lord? And this is why. Because intuition tells you that there should be a communion between you and the Lord. Where your heart asks God things and God responds to the answer. Now watch this. This is very powerful. This is powerful. And I've learned this. The more you draw closer to God through worship, the interval, there's, some, there's going to be some people that you don't catch this tonight. And that's okay. Some of you are going to, this is for the people that are going to get it. But I'm going to challenge you to catch this. When you worship the Lord, and what it does is there's a communion in your heart where you ask God a question from your heart and it responds to you. And from the moment you ask God the question to the moment God responds, there sometimes is an interval. For instance, you might have a question in your heart concerning your future, concerning your life, or concerning something. And the Lord, you're asking God that on Monday and you don't hear an answer from the Lord until Thursday. Or you don't hear an answer from the Lord until, uh, you know, maybe, maybe it's October now, maybe till May. What? You know, nine months. Or whatever it is. But when you begin to worship God and you make, like it says in Psalm 150, you're making His praise your sanctuary. The interval that separates your question from God's answer will begin to shorten. It will begin to, the gap will begin to close. And there can be a point where you begin to attract God so closely to your worship that what he does is he begins so close that the moment your heart asks God that question, bam, the answer's right there. Boom, there's the answer. And you could and once you lock on to that presence, once you lock on to that, you can maintain that over your life. You say, well, you have scriptural proof for that. Yeah, well, in Genesis, that's how it was. Adam had a question, God had an answer. Adam had a thought, God was there with his thought. It's called communion and fellowship. But I don't have that in my life, Brother Palmer. That's because you don't worship in your prayer closet. That's because you're just asking God for things. Saying, God, I need this, I need that, I need this, I need that. And God's saying, the answer is when you worship me. Make it a lifestyle. How do I worship God? Well, we'll get into that. 313-838-1035. 313-838-1035. Have you been listening to me this week? I've been on, uh, last week I was on uh, 11 o'clock, Monday through Friday. And I'll be on 11 o'clock this week, Monday through Friday. Me and my board operator, Steve, been having a good time hanging out. And uh, we're bringing the Word of God to you tonight. And we're talking about overcoming the power of depression in your life. There is a phenomena, non-phenomena, however you say it, <laughs> that is in our society today. And that is my generation. I watched, I remember being a young man in uh, probably third, fourth grade, however many years ago. And I would watch kids in the classroom be put on a drug called Ritalin. Because they, you heard this word popping up a lot in the 90s. And it, was, it wasn't a word, it was an acronym. It was called ADD and ADHD. Now I'm not a sociologist, I'm not I don't I'm not a psychiatrist and I'm not a psychologist, but I will tell you I'm a minister of the gospel. And back in the Renaissance period, ministers of the gospels and preachers were theology actually was considered part of the sciences. Right up there with psychiatry, right up there with all the other sciences they study biology, physics, that's because theology was considered that most important thing as an actual literal tangible thing and so as a minister of the gospel I started noticing now I'm a minister but I look at it and I see it now and that is how this was the beginning of a slippery slope this kids a lot of those kids that had ADHD back then are some of the people now that they're diagnosing as clinically with mental disorders and mental problems and when I have asked 
people that are baby boomers or people that are even farther back in the lost generation, even now they're mostly gone, but the World War II generation, they say it was never like that in our day. What is happening to our generation? What has happened? And what is happening to everybody else where it seems like there's more people sad, there's more people depressed. And not only this, but have you noticed that a lot of these people are becoming um, desensitized to hum human emotion. They're becoming oblivious to human affection. It's almost creating them to be like robots and automatons where the life that is behind their eyes are disappearing. Why is that, you say, Reverend Palmer? Well, I notice that the moment somebody is the moment somebody is sad or they are living in sadness, the first thing they go to now listen, I'm not getting on the area of medication. I will never tell you to throw your medication out and I will never tell you not to take it. You'll never hear that from us. We don't deal with medicine. But what I'll tell you is isn't it interesting? That right off the bat, people go to the doctors and they say right away, you have this issue and you have this mental problem and you have this mental disorder and people go right for the pill bottle. But what they don't want to do is get in the presence of God on a regular basis. Now, I know there's some believers they need to be on medication and I'm not I'm not condemning anybody for medication. That's not what we're here doing. I have a blessed pastor friend of mine who's a psychiatrist on the west coast very powerful man and him i him and i agree on the power of medicine there's a need for that in places but what i'm saying is that not in every case some people they're taking certain things in their body and they're skipping the presence of god they say i don't i don't i'm not going to church no i'm not interested in that church thing just give me the pills just give me the medicine what do you want to come to church with me no i don't want to go to church with you no i'm not interested in going to church well, what kind of what do you no i just want my medicine leave me alone well i'll tell you this i don't need to do research to tell you this but the commercials that come on television that advertise these medicines will tell you a lot of the side effects that come with these medications what are they dizziness and headaches and uh, vomiting and but more so than that what they do is they begin to alter the personality of an individual and of a person and a lot of these drugs make people totally different people and many of these drugs have worse side effects than what initially put the person on the drug. And so now they become numb and unsensitive to anything going on. And guess what that ha causes? It causes problems in their job. It causes problems in their family. It causes problems in their love life. It causes problems with their kids. It causes problems all over the board cause addiction and it will do this it will open them up to the spirit realm and they won't know what is happening because they're not uh, familiar with the idea of things happening in the spirit realm and you never know what they'll enter into in that area and it could cause a need for deliverance you open up this uh, there's people cases that i've gone and preached places people sometimes have gotten uh, pressed demonically because they opened up the door to the spirit realm using some type of medication that God never told them to go on. Because the, uh, most of the cure for the misery and the pain and the suffering that we see in life today isn't something that your pharmacist can subscribe. It is through the worship and the presence of the living God. And the enemy uses as a substitute for the worship and a substitute for praise, toxic medication. Now, I'm not talking about people that legitimately need to be on it. I'm talking about people that just have convinced themselves. Go to the phones. Teresa, you're on the broadcast tonight. God bless you. Thank you for calling. God bless you. I was calling to ask um, if you were going to be on that station. I didn't know you were on last week. Yes. And then he asked if I wanted prayer. I said, sure, I'm always in need of prayer. 
Well, I'm glad you called. We're here to do that for you tonight. You know, will you pray for me? It's um, my mom, myself, my daughter, and my granddaughter. So will you pray uh, the blessings of the Lord to rest, stay settled, and dwell upon us? I will. And it's a good Thank time. You. It's a good time for that. We're entering into a special time of the year. Our holiday seasons are coming up. And so I want to believe, God, that you'll have a joyful, joyful holiday season with Thanksgiving, Christmas, and that the blessing and the tangible anointing will be upon your family for many months yes. to come. Can I believe that for you? Yes, and I wish the same for you. Well, I believe the same for you. Well, thank you, Teresa. Father, I thank you for Teresa. I pray that the tangible presence of God would be upon her family, would be upon every member of her family, Lord. Father, I pray in the name of Jesus that there be a household full of joy yes. and a household full of laughter. And the Lord wants to fill you with joy, Teresa, like you haven't had in a long time. And fill you with laughter and fill your table with laughter, fill your dwelling with laughter, fill your house with the atmosphere of heaven. And so, yeah. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray that people will receive you in the months to come. I pray, Lord, that there will be a continual understanding and unfolding of your mercy and your grace and your word in Teresa's life. May the eyes of her understanding continue to be illuminated with the truths of who she has become in Christ through the power of the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name we pray. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you. God bless you. Thank you, Teresa. God bless. We're talking tonight about overcoming depression and overcoming the power of darkness. I want to touch something before we go to break that maybe you can call in tonight. And let me know what you think. We, uh, I, well, actually, uh, was it Tuesday night or was it, no, it was Tuesday night. I went to bed and I felt the Lord speak to me and he said, pray for the school systems. Pray for the school systems. And I was praying for the school systems. Now, I haven't prayed for the school systems. It's been a minute since I prayed for them. Well, it wasn't until later the next evening, which was Wednesday evening, I was in the gym, and I looked on the television, I saw what had happened in Boston, where a young man tragically murdered his teacher in class. Now, you have to stop and ask yourself, what would cause something like that, short of demonic activity? And I don't know... The situation, and I don't know everything that took place in that, but we're living in a time, friend, where young people are not being exposed to the presence. I can tell you that if more people would be exposed to the presence of God, instances like this would not happen as frequent as they do today. But we have homes in America where there's an abundance of medicine, there's an abundance of pills, which are synthetically made in the lab, but there's a lack of the Spirit of God. In our churches today, there's an abundance of psychiatry and psychology, but where is the presence of God in our churches? I remember going to church and laying out at the altar, weeping and crying before the presence of God. Someone said to me, they said, why is it that you are a young man and you're preaching at such a young age? And how can my kids become like this? And I tell them, I remember when I got saved, I got saved. I just knew that I was a sinner. I knew I needed Jesus. And then I got filled with the Holy Ghost afterwards. The Spirit of God came over my life, and I began to pray in other tongues. And people say, well, brother, you know, that's passed away. We don't have that anymore. Really? Because when I pray in tongues, there's a supernatural charge of His power that comes over my life. The Word of God gets revealed into my heart. You become alive with His, with his authority. Enter into miracles and signs and wonders. And it's powerful. God wants you to have it tonight. He wants every broken person to have that. That is the answer. I'm preaching. I'm preaching tonight. Man. Glory to God. I don't always preach on the airways, but my God, I'm going to do it tonight. Let's go to the phones before we go to break. Kenneth in Detroit, God bless you. You're on the broadcast. Kenneth, can you hear me tonight? Are you there, Kenneth? 
Yes, I'm there. Okay, yes. turn your. I'm sorry, right. I didn't know you were talking to me. Okay, how you, you doing, sir? I'm good. How are you? Fine, fine. I just called in for prayer. Okay. And uh, you know, I listen to you. I be at work on Saturday nights. I listen to you, but I didn't know you come on during the week one uh, on Friday. So you come on from eleven to what? Well, we're doing a special two-week uh, campaign uh, last ne- last week and this week. So we'll be I'll be on again this week exclusively uh, eleven o'clock. Okay. So from is that like eleven eleven thirty or? Yep, you got it. Okay. Well, listen. What I need prayer for is kind of like two things. You know, I thank God for His mercy and His grace because He just healed me. But I need prayer, uh, sir, uh, for divine uh, divine direction and my finances. Okay. Well, that's simple enough, and it's easy enough for God to meet. Father, I thank you for Kenneth. I thank you for his faithfulness to you and the kingdom of God. Lord, I pray in the name of Jesus that your hand would be upon him. I pray, Father, that you would bless him abundantly. I pray that opportunities would happen. And, Father, I thank you that you've gone before him and you're knocking on doors for him and doors that you will open that no man can shut. I thank you and I praise you for it, Lord. pray, Father, that you would grant unto him his heart's desires according to Proverbs chapter 3. And I pray that peace would overtake him and patience would sustain him until it's done. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you very much. God bless you, Kenneth. Thank you. Bye-bye. We have Denise. God bless you, Denise. You're on the broadcast. Yes, God bless you tonight. I'd like to know where is your church located? Well, right now you can come to us on Friday nights. We're uh, doing services at the uh, Hilton Garden Inn in Novi, Michigan. Okay. At the Hilton? The Hilton Garden Inn. Okay. In Novi, Michigan. And that is... um, uh, right over there by Novi Road, and it'll be 7.30 Friday night. Okay. Um, I might call after the broadcast at 1.15. Do you ever take calls after the broadcast? Uh, briefly, but if you call, I'll briefly take it. Okay, well, could you please pray for um, my girlfriend, Linda? She lost her baby two sure. weeks ago. I will pray for her. I will pray for her right now. Father, we pray for Denise's friend. In the name of Jesus, may the God of all comfort who comforts us in our time of tribulation, comfort her heart, God. Lord, I pray that you would answer every question, that you respond to her, Lord, with wisdom. I pray, Father, for the peace of God to overtake her family, to overtake them now, Lord. I pray that she would have certainty about where her child is at in your loving arms. And I pray that you would put inside of her hope, Lord, that one day she will meet this child and rejoice in your victory over death with this child. In the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. God bless you, Denise. Thank you. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. We're going to go to break. When we get back, we'll be talking more about the victory over the power of the enemy. Stay tuned.
WMUZ Detroit in crystal clear digital HD and on the web at WMUZ.com. And we are back here on the Transforming Truth Radio broadcast. You're listening tonight and we talk about the power to overcome depression, the power to overcome the work of the devil, the power to overcome the sadness and the gloom in your life. Now I want to say this tonight. Um, and you know, if you're at home taking notes, make a note of this, that rebellion will always lead to misery. A rebellious heart will always create a sad heart. A rebellious heart will always create a, a heart that is despaired, not only in your life, but also in the people whom you love the most. When you consider pain, agony, sorrow, and you consider where it came from and you trace it back to the original action and the original root, what you'll discover is that somewhere along the line, there was somebody who decided not to do it God's way. They had a quote-unquote great idea. They had a revolutionary idea, and that was they wanted to do things Separately from the Word of God, we've been liberated from the Word of God. We don't need the Word of God. It's, oh, I found a new philosopher. I found a new idea. I want to do what the world says. And we're going to do it my way. And they rebelled against the Word of God. And you know what? You have pain in people's lives. You created your pain for yourself and pain for people around you. And that what is the problem with rebellion and so you'll notice that any time that you persistently decided to continue in rebellion, it produced more misery and it produced more sorrow. Now, I want to say this about rebellion. A rebellious person will have a difficult time going into the presence of God. And somebody that lives rebelliously will not be able to engage themselves in private one-to-one -one worship with the Lord. And when you are living like that and you cut yourself off from the presence of God, friend, it's going to take its toll on your life. It's going to have an effect. Because you, as a believer, were created for the presence of God. You were created to live in it. And you are not created to live in sickness and defeat. Many times people, as a minister, the number one question... You know, as a grammarian, or if a grammarian were present, they would call them the interrogatives, the questions, the, referring to parts of speech, words. You know, how does God do something? What is God doing? Well, the number one interrogative that you receive is, why did God let this happen? Why is God doing this? Why am I going through all this pain? Why, why, why? Well... I don't know all the answers to that, and I'm the first to tell you as a minister that I don't seek to answer all that. But, listen, many of the whys have nothing to do with God. God may look at you and say, why did you not listen to me? Why did you not heed the warning of people that loved you? Why didn't you take the chances that I gave you and provided you to take? So that you don't have to disobey. Now you're living and you're living in that depression, that defeat. 
Friend, I want to encourage you tonight. I don't, I'm preaching a lot on rebellion and sadness tonight. But listen, I want to tell you that you can come out of that. Christ can deliver you from it. He can save you from it. Set you free from it. Break the bondage that's in your life. There's nothing that you've done that's too deep. Well, you don't understand I'm a murderer. You don't understand I'm a pervert. You don't understand I'm... Hey, listen. Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 9, In such were some of you, but now you are washed, but now you are sanctified, but now you are justified by Christ Jesus the Lord. The Corinthian church was made up of people that used to live in sin. Now, I want to say this while I'm talking about this. I just feel led to say this. There's a move in a lot of churches that would consider themselves quote-unquote postmodern to call themselves as believers. Say, well, we're a church made up of liars. We're a church made up of sinners. We're a church that is made up of, you know, you know, and they go on with all the sins. Well, wait, wait a second. Hold on. Does that bother you the way it bothers me? Why do I want to go to church full of liars? Then people are going to lie to me. Why do I want to go to church full of heathens? Why do I want to go to church full of fornicators? Why do I want to go to... Didn't we, as people that used to be in the world, wasn't that what was some of all? Why don't we confess what Jesus said about our life? That we're washed. Why don't we say, you're going to a church full of blood-bought, Holy Ghost-filled Christians who have the power of God in their lives? Well, we don't want to be pretentious. No. No, because... The minute the presence of God shows up, you're no longer a church full of sinners. You're a church full of people that are worshipers. So, I don't have anything to do with that. And I suggest that you're careful about what you call yourself, especially now if you've been made brand new inside of Jesus. So you say, what is it if I'm living in sadness and I'm living in defeat and I'm looking for triumph? What is it that I need to begin to do in my life? Well, I can tell you a few things that you can begin to use to reprogram your life inside of Jesus. And that is, you need to begin to develop, like I was talking about just a few minutes ago, that communion in your heart uh, with the Lord. The very first thing that you can do is, if you've been in rebellion, if you've created your own misery, is to begin to repent. Right now, while I'm preaching to you, and ask the Lord to forgive you. Because some things you need to shake loose and be delivered from. Ask the Lord to forgive you for some of the areas of your life that have caused uh, others pain, that have caused yourself pain, and kept you out and far from His presence. So you, number one, you repent. You say, Lord, I'm sorry. Forgive me. Cleanse me. I'm making a decision today to stop doing what I'm doing. You say, well, I don't have power to do that. He, you just make the decision with all your heart that you want to stop this. And what he'll do is he'll send the Holy Ghost to come give you the power and the authority that you need to enforce the decision that you made. After you've repented, another thing that you need to do is renounce that thing. And what I mean renounce it is you're saying, I no longer want to be a part of this. I no longer want this to be a part of my life. And you close the door to that. Now, I've talked about this on the broadcast before. Many people and Christians in the ministry, I've noticed, they desire to be in the presence of God. They want to engage God in worship. They come to church, but they can't get into worship. They tell me, when I pray, I'm distracted. This is because it's very possible, though you've repented and decided not to live in that thing, it may have a hold in your life still. Even though you're forgiven of it, even though you've been free to move forward past it, um, it still may have a hold in your emotions or it may have a, a hold in your mind. And you need to break that hold. And the way you do that is as you close the door to the enemy. You say, "I devil, I close this door. When you do that, that is the handle. So if you have a, an emotion that hasn't been sanctified yet, if you have a, an as when I say an unsanctified emotion, that's that means that there's an area in your emotions that you haven't turned over to the Holy Ghost, 
or if you have thoughts that still are inside of your mind. I mean, you're saved, you're born again, but you still have thoughts in your mind that you have not taken captive, according to 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 4 and 5. You just allow lust to go crazy in your mind. You allow angry thoughts to fill your mind. You allow perverseness. You allow resentment, thoughts of unforgiveness, or even thoughts of violence to go unchecked in your mind. These are things that you need deliverance from. And the enemy can have a great hold in your life because of those things. You... If you're bound by those, it's going to be difficult to get in the presence of God. Because when you are going into the presence of God, you want to give Him your attention. And those things are always demanding your attention from the attention you're supposed to be giving God. And it can be challenging to get into it. Those kind of thoughts and those kind of emotions are like blood in the water. What I mean by that is that they're what the enemy looks for and sniffs out. To come around and hang out by. I'm not saying demon possession. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about oppression. So you throw enough of those thoughts out there. You're chumming the waters. The spiritual atmosphere. And forgiveness. These are things the devil says. Oh look at He's unforgiveness. This is chum. Let's go over there and hang out by there. It's feeding time for us. And they begin to oppress you. And many times they'll begin to intensify those things. So you need to be broke and set free from those things. Um, have you ever had a moment where one minute you're doing great, everything's normal, and then the next minute an intense desire to do something uh, against the Word of God comes? And you, you, it, it comes so intensely and so spontaneously and quickly, you, it scares you. You're like, where did this come from? Well, this is now evidence that Satan... Or, well, I should say more specifically, one of his imps, those low-level devils have come and are trying to coerce you into doing that. Now, what's going to happen if you submit to that thing? It's going to cause you misery, and it's going to cause you regret and depression in your life. And when you're not spiritually sensitive, or you're not paying attention to spiritual things, you don't recognize that. Well, I can tell you, certainly, if you make decisions to do that, it's very hard to get back in the presence of God. People that are living in rebellion and open sin, or, let me say, even hidden sin, cannot get into the presence of God. They go to church services and they become uneasy. Someone starts bringing up spiritual talk at dinner and they don't want to talk about it. You uh, start preaching the Word of God. You, 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 you're scrolling through the channels. You go to 102.7. 103.1 you're scrolling you get to 103.5 and you go through it real fast you don't want to hear that Christian music you don't want to hear that Christian stuff you don't want to hear it okay you go past the church hey let's go to church no I don't want to go to church well listen here okay um, you're resentful towards the things of God and you get uneasy when it comes to spiritual talk um, and God needs to work on your heart so what your next step is, you tell the devil to get out of your life. I repented, I renounced it, now devil, I cast you out. Leave my life, go in the name of Jesus. You have that authority in Jesus. And then the fourth step is, you welcome the Holy Ghost to fill your thoughts, to fill your mind, to fill your heart. And to illuminate to you the truths that are inside of the word of God. To fill you with his thoughts, to fill you with his peace, to fill you with his joy. You know, there really is nothing, that, no, not really, there is nothing that can satisfy you the way Jesus can satisfy you and the way His presence can satisfy you. So let me recap and say this. I'm not against medicine. I'm for it. I believe in it. I'm thankful for it. Okay? We've all been to the doctors. We've all been to the hospital. The very first Christians were the ones, the very first hospitals were built by Christians. But what I'm saying is that Many times, the reason people are prescribed medicines are not necessarily because they're out of their minds or because they need it. Many times, the reason that they need medicine uh, is because they have misery in their life, which is a result of sin. And if that is the case, if sin is the case, then medicine can't fix it because it's not a physical problem. It is a spiritual problem. Many times depression is a spiritual problem. Many times fear. Spiritual problems with spiritual origins. So what do you need to do? You need to repent. 
and learn how to welcome the presence of God. And as I said, when God inhales your worship, He'll exhale His glory. And the more you spend time in the presence, the more you're going to be excited about God, the more you're going to win souls to Jesus, the more rich the things that you say are going to be. Um, do that in your car. Put worship music on. When you wake up in the morning, don't check your Facebook. Don't go on Twitter. Don't look at the Wall Street Journal or turn on your favorite morning show right away. I mean, you can do it later, but not right away. Get in the presence of God. Jesus, I worship you. I thank you. I praise you. You're so wonderful, Jesus. Oh, you're wonderful. God, I worship you. I praise you. I praise you, Jesus. I worship you. You say, well, I'm in a rush in the morning. Well, do it while you're in the shower. Do it while you're putting your curling iron in your hair. Do it while you're, you know, putting your tie on or your, 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 or your work outfit. Or do it while you're in the gym. You know, I was, you know when I was worshiping today? I was on the treadmill. Sometimes I get into a, a spirit where I'm so excited about the things of God that it makes me want to run. So I was, had the, my worship music, my praise music going, and I was on the treadmill. I was running. And it was like I was running in a church service. Just running and praising God in my heart. I was excited about the things of God. And His presence has been on me all day. And so... That's what you need. You need to live in that glory. So don't live in that misery. Don't live in sin. Don't live in rebellion. Don't live in misery. God hasn't called you to it, friend. He called you to live life abundantly. Jesus says, The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. I have come that they might have life and might have it more abundantly. Before we go tonight, I want to remind you, like I said before on the telephone, uh, or not telephone, on the air, is that this Friday night... Coming up will be our second service at the Hilton Garden Inn in Novi, Michigan. Uh, it's a free event. Bring your family. And if you're there, come again and be a part of the Believer's Journey. It is at 7.30 p.m. at the Hilton Garden Inn in Novi, Michigan. I want you to come. I want to meet you and pray with you and uh, teach you the Word of God. And, and I'll be blessed to see you, friend. I'm humbled that you're... Uh, you listen to us, and I thank you for you know supporting our broadcast. We're a listener-supported broadcast. Everything we do in the ministry, our missions work, our literature that we distribute, our airtime, we do uh, as, a, as a partner support. That means that people that believe in what God is doing through the ministry, they send us financial contributions. So pray about if God wants you to partner with Chris Palmer Ministries, the Transforming Truth Broadcast, and our literature division to support the work of God. To, dis- to, to, to distribute it and to continue to have services and, and, and buy airtime here in the United States. So if that's you, you can write to us, P.O. Box 403, Wild Lake, Michigan, 48390, or you can find us on the web, www.chrispalmerministries.com. We have a new website coming out in a month and a half. People tell me, your website's a dinosaur, it's old. I say, yes, I know, uh, but we have a new one coming up soon. So you can go on our web still. ChrisPalmerMinistries.com or write P.O. Box 403, Wild Lake, Michigan. And also my book, The Believer's Journey, God's Path of Transformation. Do you have it yet? If not, go to Amazon.com, type in The Believer's Journey or type in Chris Palmer and there you shall find it. Let me pray, Father, touch every listener tonight. Fill them with the fresh filling of the Holy Ghost. I pray, Father, that they would be free and broke free from the power of depression. In the name of Jesus, the power of sadness, go. I command in the name of Jesus, fear to go. I command worry to go. I command anxiety to go. And I pray that you would change the atmosphere and the airs of every home, Father. I pray that people's hearts would be full of the Holy Spirit, who would illuminate the person of Jesus in their life. I give you praise and glory for it. Pray that people be born again, saved, and recommit their heart to you. We pray for every church tomorrow that's preaching your word. May people in this area come to the knowledge of Christ. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Okay, we'll be on air Monday through Friday this week, 11 o'clock p.m. As we told Kenneth, God bless you. Thank you for listening. And you shall hear from us on Monday and we'll be live. God bless you. See you then. Now that you've received the transforming truth of the word of God, Go deeper. Go to our website, chrispalmerministries.com, or log on to our Facebook page at facebook.com slash chrispalmerministries. Then partner with Chris financially at Chris Palmer Ministries, P.O. Box 403, Wald Lake, Michigan, 48390. And tune in again every Saturday night 
at 12.15 a.m. for Transforming Truth with Chris Palmer on WMUZ 103.5 FM, The Light.